everybody, and welcome to Film Notes. Today we'll be talking about... I, I'm sorry, I, did you hear that? Sorry, it's probably just my imagination. Um, hello and welcome, and back to Film Mits. Today we'll be... T okay, okay, seriously, I can't be the only one that's hearing that. Uh, I do apologize. Alright, hello and welcome to Film Mits. Oh my god, where is that coming from? Wait, do you hear that? I, I think... I think I hear... Laughing. Oh my! Oh my! Goodness! It's the symbol of peace! Oh my! Don't worry. Everything will be alright. You wanna know why? Because I am here with film trivia. <laughs> now it's time for an introduction. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. I never said, mm, you dirty rat. This is about trickery, fraud about lying. What I actually did say was, Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> See you later, All Might. Uh, sorry, folks, he had to leave after the intro. Uh, he's kind of a busy man, that All Might. He's, he only has three hours of free time a day. Can't waste it all with me, you see. He's a very nice man, that All Might, although I would appreciate it if he'd use a door. I mean, I just paid for that wall. But whatever. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Film Myths, the show where we take the time to look at myths perpetuated by film and television. Uh, today I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say superheroes are very popular right now. Yes, for the longest time, most superheroes were relegated to comic books and cartoons. But ever since the popularity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, well, more superhero films have been popping up. Future film historians will call this the age of the superhero. Now, what's the cause of the, uh, the recent trend? Was it just inevitable that these characters who have been around for decades are finally starting to gain ma uh, film adaptations? Or is legendary comic book writer Alan Moore right? Is the recent superhero craze just reflecting a culture that refuses to grow up? I don't know. That's not my job. However, in celebration of Justice League coming out, let's talk about the man who started it all. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the Man of Steel, Superman. Empowered with X-ray vision, possessing remarkable physical strength, Superman fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. 
disguised as a mild-mannered newspaper reporter, Clark Kent. Superman was far from the first costume vigilante. There were several characters that fit that archetype before he came around. Some examples include the Shadow, the Spider, and Doc Savage. But Superman is still the first thing audiences think of when they hear the word superhero. Even now, virtually every hero that came after him is compared to him. Batman, Captain Marvel, Miracle Man, Spider-Man, hell, even Goku is compared to him. So I thought I'd spend this time going over his history. So let's venture forth and ask ourselves, what did happen to the Man of Tomorrow? I think we all know the origin of Superman, but just in case, Baby Kal-El was born on Krypton. His father, Jor-El, knew the planet was about to explode. In order to save his son, he built a spaceship and sent him to Earth. When Kal-El landed, he was founded by a nice family named the Kents, who decided to adopt the baby. Kal-El, now known as, as Clark, his the name that the Kents gave him, discovers that he has superpowers while on Earth. Feeling like he owes his adopted planet a debt, he decides to use his powers to protect the Earth and its inhabitants. He becomes the greatest hero on Earth. He becomes Superman. Now, that origin is commonly known. However, not many people know the, his, the origin of how his creators, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, came to think of him. First off, he was created in o Cleveland, Ohio by the team of writer Jerry Siegel and artist Joe Schuster. The first draft could not be any more different than the character we know today. The story was called The Reign of Superman, not to be confused with the later story, Reign of the Supermen. In this story, Superman is not the super strong force of good we know him as today. Instead, he is a telepathic villain that actually resembles Lex Luthor more than Superman. The character was inspired by Friedrich Nietzsche's idea of the Uberbench, which is G German for Superman. The term was popularized in the story Thus Spoke Zarathustra, or also Sprach Zarathustra in the original German. The idea of the Ubermensch is basically that man does not need an other in order to define their moral codes. The other refers to any higher authority. This could just refer to your parents, the state, or even God himself. Thus spoke Zarathustra, popularized the quote, God is dead, though it was first used in Nietzsche's earlier work, The Gay Science. I know, tee hee, gay, ha ha ha. Gay meant something way different in 1882. Some examples of the Uber mentions in popular culture included Tyler Durden in Fight Club, Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men, and V for, from V for Vendetta. Now I know the idea of the Uber mensch sounds scary, and people have taken these ideas to very violent ends, but all Nietzsche was trying to say with this statement was, you are all individual. Yes! Siegel and Schuster tried to publish The Reign of Superman in order to escape Depression-era poverty. 
Unfortunately, no one agreed they couldn't find a publisher. So, they created their own fan magazine. Science Fiction, the advanced god of future civilization. In order to publish and distribute it. The Reign of Superman was published in, in January of 1933. Siegel and Schuster were 18 at the time. And, to be perfectly honest, it shows the story really feels like the kind of story that an 18-year-old would write. Personally, I wouldn't recommend this story unless you are interested in 1930s science fiction or are just a die-hard Superman fan and are curious about his publication history. Naturally, they retooled the character, partially based on a bit of both of their backgrounds. For example, it's often theorized that the reason Schuster and Siegel decided to make Superman an alien was because Siegel and Schuster were themselves aliens. Uh, not in the sense of how Superman was. Uh, let me explain. You see, both Schuster and Siegel were both children of immigrants. However, they were born after their parents immigrated and have no memory of their of their parents' birthplace. Like Superman, they were both children of different worlds, but never really knew that world. In fact, they associate more with their new home as, as opposed to the home of their ancestors, similar to Superman. The idea of Superman being bulletproof was unfortunately inspired by the death of Jerry Siegel's father. In 1932, Siegel's father, Mitchell, was shot and killed by an armed robber. Needless to say, Siegel was devastated by his father's death, especially since Siegel was only 18 at the time. One night, he had a dream about a bulletproof man. This, of course, would later be the inspiration of Superman. This might be one of the saddest stories I've ever had to at least uh, read for this show. To reiterate, America got Superman because a boy lost his father. Well, that was depressing, but it's a rather good segue. Judging by the nature of this show, you've probably figured out that there's a myth going around. Well, in this case, it's called the Superman Curse. The Superman Curse refers to a series of supposedly related misfortunes that have plagued creative prop people involved in adaptations of Superman in various media, particularly actors who have played the role of Superman in film and television. The curse is often invoked whenever misfortune is experienced by actors and other personnel who worked on Superman ad adaptations, so much so that some talent agents cite the curse as a reason for the difficulty in casting actors in the, in the role in live-action films. The curse is frequently associated with George Reeves, who starred in Adventures of Superman on television from 1952 to 1958, and 
died of a gunshot wound at age 45 under disputed circumstances. It's officially ruled as a suicide. And Christopher Reeve is another person who is often associated with this curse. Christopher Reeve played the superhero in four theatrical films from 1978 to 1987. He was later paralyzed in a 1995 in a horseback riding accident and died nine years later at age 52 from heart failure. Although other people are said to be victims of the curse as well. Some examples include Max and Dave Fleischer, who created the first Superman cartoon. They also coined the statements... Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. After producing the cartoon... Max and Dave Fleischer began to quarrel with one another, and their studio suffered financial disaster. After selling their studio, Paramount Studios, the ones that now owned uh, their animation department, uh, fired the two brothers. One of them later died in poverty. Margot Kidler, the actress who played Superman's love interest, Lois Lane, opposite Christopher Reeves in the theatrical film series, suffers from intense bipolar disorder. In 1996, she went missing for several days and was found, at, and was found by police in a paranoid, delusional state. Heck, even Superman's own creators are not immune to the apparent curse. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, the writer and artist who co-created Superman, sold the right to the creation to DC Comics for a relatively small amount of money, in contrast to the amount of money the character has generated over the decades. Despite the repeated efforts over the course of the rest of their lives to recover legal ownership of Superman and a share in the immense profits that the character brought for DC Comics, DC's copyright on the character was renewed. By the 1950s, Schuster's worsening eyesight prevented him from drawing, and he worked as a delivery man in order to earn a living. Jerry Robertson, who was a comic book artist working at DC at the time, claimed that one time Schuster had delivered a package to the DC building, embarrassing the employees. He was summoned to the CEO given $100 and told to buy a new coat and find another job. Sorry if I'm having difficult reading these stories today, it's just... They genuinely upset me. I apologize. By 1976, Schuster was almost blind and living in California nursing home. In 1975, Siegel launched a publicity campaign in which Schuster participated in, protesting DC Comics' treatment of him and Schuster. In the face of a great deal of negative publicity over the handling of the affair, and due to the upcoming Superman movie, DC's parent company, Warner Communications, 
reinstated the byline dropped more than 30 years earlier and granted the pair a lifetime pension of $20,000 a year plus health benefits. The first issue with the restored credit was Superman number 302 in August of 1976. Siegel died in 1996 and Schuster died in 1992. Now, quite frankly, I don't believe that Superman is really cursed, even though these accidents are certainly unfortunate. And I offer condolences to everyone involved with those. But I believe the more realistic explanation for the alleged curse is that given the high number of people involved in the many adaptations and treatments of the Superman story over the years, a number of significant misfortunes would inevitably occur, as they would do in any substantial random sampling of individuals. For example, let me just give you a list of all the actors who've played Superman in just live-action media. Ray Middleton, Mayo Khan, Carol Krauser, Kirk Aylin, George Reeves, Johnny Rockwell, Bob Holliday, David Wilson, Jeff East, Christopher Reeve, John Hames Newton, Gerard Christopher, Ron Ellie, Dean Kane, Tom Welling, Brandon Roth, Matt Boomer, uh, Dylan Sprayberry, Henry Cavell, and Tyler Hoechlin. A lot of people have played Superman, and just imagine that many more people being in anything Superman-related, and you would understand why there would be such a high amount of sampling of individuals. And some of the people who are alleged victims of the Superman curse is ju are just victims in that, well, they didn't have much of a career afterwards. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but Hollywood isn't the most stable place to have a career. It's it just not. I'm sorry. And uh, Marco Kidler actually agrees with me on the, uh, the notion of a curse. She remarked in a 2002 interview, It's all newspaper-created rubbish. The idea cracks me up. What about the luck of Superman? When my car crashed this August, if I hadn't, hadn't hit a telegraph pole after rolling three times, I would have dropped down a 50- to 60-foot ravine. Why don't people focus on that? Exactly. The idea of the Superman curse is just something that we really want to be true because it's an interesting story. But in reality, it's just a bunch of random coincidences as that just so happen to happen to people that ha are loosely related to a character that, let's face it, has been around for almost, ni almost 90 years now. There's bound to be accidents that will happen. I'm not saying that to downplay anything that actually befell these people. Uh, these stories are, of course, sad. It's just they're not cursed. It's not the laws of fate that are, that are causing these things. It's just a tragedy. 
just random acts of tragedy, nothing more. I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, this may be the last th time I talk to you for a while, I just want to, I'm going on a little bit of a break, I may continue this series later, but it definitely won't be at the pace that I've been previously doing. Good night, and good luck. Goodbye, old friend. In the end, the world didn't really need a Superman. Just a brave one.